This is episode 79 of the Angry Tech News Podcast for Friday, October 20th, 2023. This is the Angry Tech News Podcast at angrytechnews.com. Now your host, the Angry Programmer with a mic, Brian Bemrose. Okay, first, just a small modicum of whining. My new job is killing me. I mean, possibly, literally, I don't know. Maybe uh, a mid-40s programmer who spent the last two decades writing a keyboard takes a physically active job like delivery driver in order to make ends meet. Who knows which body parts are actually going to start falling off with this level of physical activity at my age. But while those parts are still attached, I'm going to make a go of it. It's not a glamorous job, but it's a paycheck and that makes the wife happy and keeps the bills paid. So yeah, yes, I feel bad every time I miss an angry tech news, which happened last week. In my defense, it's hard to podcast when I'm too exhausted to get out of bed. Uh, This current one I am recording at 8.30 p.m. just before bedtime and tomorrow I get up for another week of punishing my body for a paycheck. Welcome to adulthood, I guess. But enough whining. You didn't listen. You didn't download this to listen to my problems. You're here to listen to me get angry about the week's share of idiocy and bullcrap out of Silicon Valley. And yeah, we got some. From the right to repair department. First, some good news. Governor Gavin Newsom of California has signed into law California SB 244, the Cal- California's latest right to repair law. I talk about talked about this law while it was still pending on a uh, recent grumpy old Ben's where I tend to talk more about politics there than here. Mostly here. I try to focus on tech and not politics, but this law is pretty important to the device industry. So quick recap. If you missed that GOB, the law will require that all vendors uh, who repair any kind of tech device have, or that, that produce tech devices and sell them, have all parts, tools, manuals, and software necessary for repairing for at least three years. If the product is between 50 and a hundred dollars and have to keep all those parts for seven years after the last time that the product was sold, if the product was a hundred dollars or more. Uh, It is years after the last time that a product model or type was manufactured, regardless of whether or not the the law specifically says this is independent of what your warranty period is. You can set your warranty if you're selling a product for anything you want. It doesn't matter. Um, Three years uh, up to a hundred dollars. But for your iPhone, seven years is how long you have to be keep stuff to repair it now. Uh, More importantly, uh, parts must be provided to third-party repair, uh, third-party repair locations and to customers under quote, fair and reasonable terms. Now, unfortunately, fair and reasonable is decided by the vendor, but I mean, it's, it's pretty good. The law also requires that any vendor that is quote, not an authorized repair provider will provide written notice of that fact, which means if you repair iPhones and you do not have Apple's blessings, you must basically put a sign in the window that says we do unauthorized repairs at one tenth the cost of Apple. 
And then you have to notify people when replacement parts are authorized or third party. Uh, this notification, the signage and everything was added as part of the political horse trading. So they'd be able to say that Apple supported the bill and Apple did officially come out and say they report, they support it. So anyway, as I fix it happily announces in the blog post that I got this from this bill is now law in California, which is in fact, a big step forward for right to repair. California consumer laws have a way of being copied across the whole USA. So this could be a big step toward reducing the total amount of Silicon Valley e-waste. But before you go singing the praises, praises of Gavin Newsom for signing this, iFixit does mention that at the same time, he also vetoed a companion bill, SB 271, that would have extended right to repair to medical devices like powered wheelchairs because of, quote, billing complexities. A more cynical person might suggest that this is because his insurance company donors find it hard to double and triple bill when it's the third party shop doing the repair. But what do I know? I am not that cynical, am I? From the unfriendly uncarrier department, if you're a customer of T-Mobile, you're going to want to pay attention to this next story of good old fashioned corporate greed. Under the guise of helping its customers get out of those old, unsupported, and downright archaic service plans, T-Mobile is automatically moving all of its customers to shiny new service plans, which, while on the surface, might look like exactly the same number of lines, number of minutes, number of gigabytes, and all the same statistics, but, and here's the important part, these new plans have a huge advantage over the old ones. They're more expensive. Hey, I didn't say who it was an advantage for. So if you are currently a T-Mobile customer on any of the Magenta 1, Magenta 55 Plus, Simple Choice, or Select Choice plans, your T-Mobile plan will be automatically upgraded to a newer plan starting with your November bill, unless you call the customer's customer service company's customer service line to opt out beforehand. The company insists that this is not a price hike, despite the new plans being on average $10 per line more expensive than the old ones. No, according to T-Mobile, quote, we are not raising the price of any of our plans. We are moving you to a newer plan with more benefits at a different cost. If you're a T-Mobile customer who thinks your current plan is just fine and you feel like you don't require a price hike at this time, you should probably contact the company to opt out of this automatic migration. Legally, the company is required to let you stay on your current plan, although you will get the hard sell from the person on the other end, whose job metrics are almost certainly dependent on how many people they upsell to the more expensive plans. If that doesn't sound like fun, you can also opt out by going to another carrier entirely and not rewarding T-Mobile for this anti-customer behavior. It is your right to opt out of this move. How forcefully you opt out is up to you. From the malvertising department, a couple of stories this week about how online ads aren't just annoying, they are actively trying to give you malware. In this case, it's from Google search ads. The first story involves sponsored results that appear to be advertising for Notepad++. The sponsored ads, which appear on Google search page above the most relevant results when searching for Notepad++ have large title text like Download Notepad Text Editor and Notepad++ Notebook for Windows-Download. When clicked on, the ads direct you to a fake attacker-controlled site, which looks very similar to the real Notepad++ download page. 
And of course, if you download and run any software from that page, it installs a rootkit, exfiltrates all your data, joins a botnet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know the routine, basically turning your computer into their computer. If you look closely at the URL in the Google ad, you see links go to completely unrelated software like SwitCode or jQuery Win. And the site also runs some custom JavaScript that a little bit sneaky to try to keep people out of the, the security researchers out. It runs scans to find out if you're in a sandbox. And if it decides that you're a good candidate for being infected, it will redirect you to the real one. Otherwise it sends you to we're not sure what, but let's face it. Most people don't give links on Google that much scrutiny anyway. So they're just going to click. You'd have to be some kind of genius power user to actually look at what site you're being taken to before clicking on things, right? Malwarebytes spotted this campaign just last week, although they say it has been live for months on Google search, calling into question Google's repeated claims that they vet the ads in any way in between taking the advertiser's money and inflicting the ads on search users. In an eerily similar story, Malwarebytes also brings us this week a separate example of Google-sponsored results on their search page, spreading malware by masquerading as an ad for the open-source password manager KeePass. The details of the attack are pretty much the same, a sponsored search result that Google displays above all the legitimate results, which, when clicked, takes you to a fake download page that looks just like the legitimate page, but with malware. The twist in this one is that the URL also appears to be legitimate. At a glance, the site takes you to keypass.info, the real download site for the KeePass software. This is because the attacker used a clever trick and little known, at least little known to English speakers, internationalization feature in Chrome called PuniCode. PuniCode is a shorthand used by browsers to display Unicode characters in domain names, which are otherwise limited to the ASCII set. The actual domain name starts with the PuniCode sequence XN-, which Chrome displays as the Latvian letter k which on close, inspe on close inspection, that Latvian letter looks like a K with an apostrophe below it. But in a search page, that small mark just below the K looks like an errant pixel. That is, if it's visible at all, <coughs> mobile browsers. Ignoring that mark, the letter looks just like the letter K, making the domain, keypass.info, look, smell, and feel exactly like the legit download site. And because it's a paid sponsored link, Google places it above the algorithm-generated download links, making this a very dangerous phishing attack. So if you're just a user wanting not to get owned, what's the solution? Well, there's a few things you can do. First of all, don't use Google. Their search engine has gone to shit. 25 years ago, it was an amazing new technology when it was up against the likes of AltaVista and Yahoo. 10 years ago, when they were at their peak, it really was the way to index everything on the internet. Today, they're really just phoning in their search as a way to collect data and shovel ads at you and pretty much relying on inertia. Everybody who thinks that the word Google is some kind of co internet code for search. Their search results really just aren't even that good anymore. There are quite a few alternative search engines which you can get or which can get you what you want without compromising your privacy or security. Brave, DuckDuckGo, Ecosia, PreSearch, Quant, or even StartPage, which uses Google's index, so it's the same results mostly as Google, but strips away most of the malicious crap on their front page. 
If you must use Google's product, my next recommendation is to use an ad blocker. In fact, my recommendation is use an ad blocker with every site everywhere because it makes the internet so much faster, easier on bandwidth and easier on your fragile and overstimulated human psyche. The easiest way to get an ad blocker is to install a browser like Brave, which comes with one already installed and really all you have to do is go into settings and click yes, I want to block ads. Alternatively, you can use ad blocker extensions such as uBlock Origin, the one I use, in any browser that supports them, although not in Chrome for much longer, but that's another Google story. And finally, if you find yourself viewing Google sponsored links, whether because your environment is locked down and you can't block ads or because you're simply too lazy to follow my advice, then the last piece of advice for you is to never, ever, ever click an ad, ever. Not just because it's a security threat, although that should be enough, and not just because it invades your privacy as your preferences are entered into a corporate database over which you have no control, your data to be sold to the highest bidder at a later date, no, but because every single time a user clicks on an ad, it further validates the business model that brings this kind of malware and annoyware into your system. Clicking that ad causes the advertiser to get billed and Google to get paid, further reinforcing that this is the behavior that Google should be rewarded for. Incentives matter. Google doesn't have to care about your privacy, your security, your mental well-being, getting bombarded by dozens of ads of every search page, getting bombarded by three to five minutes of unskippable YouTube ads every video. Oh yeah, that's another story. They didn't actually make the cut this week. YouTube is now starting to block users from videos if their JavaScript detects that you're running an ad blocker. Or they don't even have to care about invasive tracking ads on every site you visit in Google's tracking browser. No, Google doesn't have to care about any of that. All they care about is that they got paid and that you still use their products, that you will put up with any kind of abuse as long as it contributes to Google's corporate bottom line. Is that really the message you want to be sending? From the Malkives 2 department, PSA, just a public service announcement here. If you are using the WinRAR decompression software to unpack your pirated archives, hey, I don't judge, make sure that you are using version 6.23 or later. Back in June, the Zero Day Initiative discovered a buffer overflow flaw caused by insufficient validation when opening the con or contained files in WinRAR. Hackers reportedly are already exploiting these vulnerabilities in the wild via malicious archives found on piracy sites, download sites, and many servers in the financial sector. I'm not sure, I guess they pass around a lot of zip files. Users of the WinRAR software are urged to update to the current version 6.24. You will have to do it manually as being an old throwback to a time when users had control and responsibility over their own devices, the software does not automatically update itself. Of course, if you're gonna to go to the trouble of manually downloading a new version of your archive software, I personally recommend downloading 7-Zip instead, as it is an open source product that somehow manages to do everything WinRAR does, despite not being annoyware. Angry thanks this week go to Raymond Zorger, Steve Edwards, Eric Rankin, and Sharky for their continued monthly donation via the PayPal links, and to Baron Spud the Mighty, for his donation via a, a paper check back channel, which I probably should open up, but my, my PO box failed. So only a few people still send those. 
Also, to those who use who boosted me using a new podcast app to the Lightning Node, uh, memes thirteen thirty seven Billy Bones, Mister Mister, who says, "Please don't stop," and trust me, I won't. Believe it or not, uh, doing Angry Tech News is one of the only jobs that I ever really, really enjoyed as a, an activity, despite the money coming in. It wasn't just something that I did for a paycheck and. I don't want to quit this. I really enjoy doing this. I enjoy talking to all of you people. I enjoy spitting at my microphone and swearing over what these Silicon Valley companies are. I just please understand that uh, I'm still getting used to the new schedule. And also thanks to fountain user eight, four, seven, nine, six, five, three, whatever. I guess you don't have a username uh, who says, keep up the great work. I always enjoy your show. Thank you for that. Angry Tech News is produced on the value for value model. We don't take sponsors, we don't play ads, and we don't charge you to listen, but we are funded by your donations. If you received some value from listening to this show, please send some value back. Go to angrytechnews.com and click on the donate button. Send what you think this episode was worth to you, whether it's $10, $25, or even the cost of a new monthly T-Mobile plan. That's it for now. I'm Ryan Bemrose, the angry programmer with a mic. I'll be back next time with more Angry Tech News. This has been Angry Tech News with the angry programmer Ryan Bemrose at angrytechnews.com. Stay angry. Stay angry. Stay.